Hey everyone, welcome back to Freshly Squeezed. This is Jacob Hall, and today we have the privilege of talking with Corey Truby once again. He was on uh, episode 13, bringing some wisdom on the topic of joy. You'll have to check that out if you haven't already. You'll get to hear more of Corey's testimony in that episode and how he became a Christian. Corey is currently a youth pastor and a small group coordinator at Destiny Worship Center here in Panama City Beach, Florida. But most importantly, he is my father-in-law, the grandfather of my child, and just a really good friend to me and Brooks. The topic today is based on the passage of scripture, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. All right, I hope you guys enjoy this conversation with Corey Truby. This week, we are talking about the topic of growing into the maturity of our gifts and calling. And we're basing that out of um, a passage in Ephesians 4. Um, And we'll start by identifying our strengths and weaknesses and talking about how we can do that. And then we'll talk about the process of maturity and what maturity looks like in the faith and how that adds to the growth of the church, which is the body of Christ. Um, all good stuff. And yeah, I'm excited to dive into that with you two today. Yes, it's gonna be awesome. I'm excited to talk about it. Um, one thing we're gonna start doing uh, from last week, going forward is asking every single person who comes on this question, which is, what's fresh on your mind? What is uh, God teaching you in this current season of your life? Like, what's the most prominent thing that God's showing you? I would say the most prominent thing. I'm actually reading a book right now by uh, John Maxwell. Um, and, and it says uh, the name of the book is, you know, I even kind of forgot what it is. So let me find that real quick. The name of the book is Everyone Communicates, Few Connect. Um, man, the funny thing is I've been communicating for years. Uh, you know, being in ministry uh, and doing these things. And there's a lot just in the first three chapters that I've read that is really, you know, just kind of um, challenging uh, my thought on communicating. Hmm. Um, I put way too much focus on myself when I communicate. How do I sound? I hope they receive me well. Um, I hope that I'm charismatic. I hope, you know, all of those, you know, kind of things. And it's all about me instead of focusing on who I'm communicating to and mm. connecting to them. So I would say that's one thing that's really been um, uh, a bit of a focus uh, for me. Uh, yeah. As of right now. So, and it's been very, very helpful. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's really helpful. That's one thing that's difficult about podcasting is that the c- connecting, connecting when you're live with somebody, you can, you're able to look at people's yeah. faces and, almost you know just have those discernment moments where you're like oh they're connecting to this portion i'm gonna elaborate on this more when Mm -hmm. we're we're recording a podcast (laughs) we don't have that but at the same time it's like it's it's what's got what is god showing us in this season why why we ask that question what freshly squeezed what it means like we're we're just showing sharing what god's showing so so yeah so you can't really see if they're going to change the channel Yes. Or turn it up yes. to right. hear better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. Corey, what's been the biggest eye-opener slash thing that may have like changed the way you've viewed communication through reading that? Uh, 
Well, I think uh, kind of like um, what I said uh, was um, a lot of the focus was just on me and it was mm-hmm. all kind of a little bit more performance um, uh, kind of you know, came into that. And as a communicator too, um, I really, everybody feeds off energy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like you said in a podcast, you really can't feed off the listener's energy. Yeah. Um, again, but when you're talking and it's not just like being a, a pastor or a preacher or a public speaker, it's like, even how do you connect one-on-one with somebody? How do you connect when there's three or four people uh, in a group? And then how do you connect to an audience? So it's not just an audience. It's like, and, and what I, again, the first three chapters is all I've gotten into. And most of it has been in take the focus off you and put it on them. Because mm-hmm. people love to talk about themselves and just it's being a great communicator also being a great listener. Yeah. Uh, and so, again, that's where I think a lot of the shift has come. And even um, in Acts chapter 20, it's talking about, um, uh, oh, I can't remember what his name was, but it's a verse that stuck out to me uh, the last couple of years is how um, he was uh, um, knew the scriptures well uh, and was elegant in teaching. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that's, I want to be that I want to be eloquent in teaching and I want to know the scriptures well to be able to teach, but it's been at the, <laughs> why? Yeah. Why do I want to be elegant? Mm-hmm. Why do I want to be a good teacher? Yeah. And a lot of it was because I want to be received well. And I want, cause there's, there's yeah. a lot of pressure nowadays with podcasts and with, um, you know, YouTube, cause you can turn on Stephen Furtick anytime and watch Stephen Furtick. You can turn on Craig Crochell and a lot of these, you know, Andy Stanley, a lot of these great teachers, Robert Morris. And you can put a lot of pressure on yourself. It's like, I need to be dynamic like that. Yes. I need to be funny. Yeah. I need to be witty. I need to know the word of God. I need to. And when we start doing that, we're not who God's called us to be or, mm-hmm. um, you know, because we are unique. And mm-hmm. not all of us are Pastor Stephen Furtick and mm-hmm. not all of us are, you know, Pastor Francis Chan, Yeah, you know, these people, but we're who we are, where we are with the people we're with for a reason. Yeah. And it's connecting with them. So that's, I think that's really helped me see um, a lot and, and just that kind of shift. I think it was John Maxwell, a book I'm reading called Intentional Living. And he, he mentioned that shift. He said he was, when the first several years of him pastoring, he, his whole focus was on himself and how can I pr- improve my teaching? How can I improve? And it was like, it seemed like good things, but it was still was kind of inward focus. Like, what, well, how do I sound like I listened to the sermon over, you mm-hmm. know, several times, like, how, okay, I can say that better. I can do this better, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but what he said is, to the congregation's eyes, they might might not have known my heart shift from focusing from myself to them because my communication, I had focused on that for years, so I was good at it. But my heart changed and the way that I received and the way I, the way I taught from their point of view maybe didn't change a whole lot, but from my point of view, it was drastic mm-hmm. because my focus was on them instead of myself. I'm like, wow, that's, that's really cool. So I, I don't know if that's going to translate to you outwardly doing anything yeah. much differently, but your heart posture is probably yeah. going to change a whole lot. But yeah. We, Cause we, we do like the accolades. Yeah. You know, we do like, who doesn't? Oh. <laughs> and it's like, man, that was a great word or man, that was, you know, we do it's feedback, you know? And so we, we do like feedback. Um, and I, luckily I have people in my life that will give me honest feedback. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I had a student back in Tennessee, I could burp the alphabet and he was like, that was amazing. Pastor Gore, I got so much from it. You know, like every single time, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just like, okay, okay, calm down. You know, just, you know, Flattery. whatever. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but we need those people in our lives also mm-hmm. um, that can, you know, help us. Cause we're not going to grow unless someone can critique and correct and right. um, stretch us, challenge us, you know, yeah. in those things. So, yeah. and uh, you know, I've got um, that and, you know, Pastor Wayne, you know, he stretches me a lot. Yeah. And what he always, when he starts with, hey, allow me to sharpen you, if I may. And I'm like, okay, absolutely bring it. <laughs> so, because, you know, when you sharpen a pencil, mm-hmm. right, there's shavings and things yeah. that fall to the ground that aren't yeah. needed anymore. And you so, leave his office yeah, with a little I, bit. I'm of... pretty sharp. Yeah. Now. Like, but, uh, but it is, but it's like, yes, please welcome yeah. those things. Yep. I mean, just mm-hmm. seek those things out too. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot. Of, I mean, we're going to talk about this later, but that's a lot of maturity is being teachable, being moldable. If you don't have that, chances are you're not maturing. Yeah. We're going to start off uh, like Brooks mentioned earlier. Um, we're talking about, maturity and stepping into the gifts that God um, set before us and, and put in our hearts. Um, so I'm just going to read over the, the main scripture that we're taking from today, Ephesians 4, mm-hmm. and that's 11 through 16. So here it is. Now, these are the gifts of Christ. Uh, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we would we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes this whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So that is the whole basis for the conversation today. Yeah, what stood out to you guys in uh, the scripture as I read it? Yeah, I really like the, um, um, then we'll no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed uh, and blown away by every wind of new teaching. Mm-hmm. We'll not be influenced uh, when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Um, a lot of those are just, you know, warnings. Um, mm-hmm. And when you read a lot of Paul's letters, um, you know, it was Paul that wrote Ephesians. Um, what I had found when I read them, you know, quite a bit was that, um, he really gave a lot of warning against false teachings and false doctrine. He he gave a lot of like, you know, knowing the word of God being grounded in it as well. Uh, you'll see that throughout a lot of his letters. It is a common theme, uh, with, uh, uh, with Paul and his Mm -hmm. writings. So, um, and even, um, James, you know, Jesus' brother, um, was writing, I can't remember what chapter it's in. I was trying to look it up real quick, but um, just talking about God never changes. Christ, you know, and his teachings never change. So when we know where we stand, that never changes. We, mm-hmm. When we know where God stands and where he stands on certain uh, subjects, on morality or culture or whatever it is, we never question where that, because that line never changes. Right. 
Um, and so that's helpful to know. God's character is the same. What is his character? His character, you know, God is love. And, and so um, that's just reading this too is like, well, I, it's good to know where I stand and I can stand firm in this and not be blown away. But it helps knowing that God's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Mm-hmm. What was wrong a hundred years ago is you know, wrong today. What was good for me, you know, or good for people, you know, a hundred years ago was still good for us yeah. today. That, that doesn't change. Yeah. That's a good point. That, that part definitely stood out to me too. We actually started, um, we started with just verses 14 through 16 when we were talking about, um, this episode. And then we realized like, um, that verse 14 says, then we will no longer be immature like children. So we're like, Oh, th- then, then what, like what, what became before that verse? So we, we read about Christ, uh, how he gave, uh, gifts to the church and he listed five things. He, he listed apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And, uh, I think for me, when we're looking this up, I'm just like, most of the time we just think <laughs> for me, it's just like pastors, like mm-hmm. the f- churches have pastors and, uh, but he, Paul like actually specifies and takes the effort to categorize these things. So, um, yeah, I was wondering if, if you wouldn't mind kind of just going through some of those, um, those, that list and kind of differentiating them for uh for us yeah when you look at apostles um a lot of churches and denominations believe that the apostolic kind of gifting um was gone with the age of the apostles when you talk about the first apostles the disciples um the the i think the 120 that were with you know christ in the 40 days between his resurrection and Mm -hmm. ascending back into heaven um, you know, Paul again said he was the apostle. He met Christ after on the road to Damascus. So believe in a lot of those, like that actual, you know, ministry had kind of passed away with, uh, that, um, generation, however. Yeah. But when you look at the apostolic ministry, a lot of them, um, is w- they want to put, or they want to start a work where there's not a work already started yeah. in, in the gospel, uh, in Christ. Um, a lot of that, which you, we call them now, we call them missionaries. Yeah. <laughs> they really do, you know, a lot of the, the apostolic ministry, they want to go and preach the gospel where it has not been preached or where there's a very, uh, um, low number or percentage of Christians right. living in that area. Um, <clears throat> and so and looking at, um, prophets also is kind of having, um, foreknowledge mm-hmm. of what's to come. Uh, you know, you look at a lot of it too. Uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit or the gifts that come where prophecy and prophets are one that is really ranked kind of high mm-hmm. <laughs> among all of those um, evangelists gather, you know, they're the, I mean, when you think of evangelists right away, you think of, I think of Billy Graham right, right away. Yeah. Uh, you, you think a lot of the, the tent crusades, you know, back in the forties uh, and fifties and sixties. I mean, my mom went out to California and saw Billy Graham, oh, uh, awesome. I think in the early seventies. Uh, is when it was. And she said it was what an amazing experience. Yeah. That's an evangelist. Yeah. And his so, son, Franklin. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you and I went to that. Yeah. He was and, here in Panama city beach. Yeah, that was uh, pretty cool. That was right before COVID too. That was in January yeah. or something. Yeah. But, um, so that's what we kind of see w- with the evangelist. They have such a hunger 
for the lost yeah. uh, and just the lost souls and bringing them uh, to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then you've got pastors and pastors are, are often called shepherds um, because um, they really love their church. They love yeah. their people. Um, they protect them. Um, they guard them. Uh, but more importantly, I mean, they teach them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's where you see a lot of, uh, you know, to, to go out and, you know, that we equip the saints to do the ministry. Um, and I think that's what pastors really do yeah. um, a lot. Apostles go and start things. Um, prophets kind of, you know, um, yeah, it's just a, uh, kind of guide uh, what's going on. Evangelists will get you, <laughs> the people. Mm-hmm. And then the pastor's like, all right, let me help you grow. Yeah. You know, let me, you know, protect you from, not to protect you from the world, but to give you tools to help you. Yeah, equipping. Yeah. Yes, equipping them. Uh, and then you look at teachers. Um, you know, that's when I think they really like to teach the biblical truths of God. Right. That's mm-hmm. where they really dig in. And that's, you know, the, the, the why behind the what. This is what we do. But why? Right. Why do we do what we do? And so there's a teaching uh, that takes place. And teachers really love to see the aha moments go off. Mm-hmm. You know, um, teachers really love to see a step of faith taken, you know, uh, those sorts of things. So I think teachers are a little bit more patient when it comes to people growing and maturing in their faith, mm. where evangelists, right, <laughs> right? they want to they right. see results now, uh, you know, sort of thing. So that's, yeah, the, the fivefold ministry. And those are the ones yeah. that are very... Um, out front, mm-hmm. they're very apparent. People see that ministry. They hear, you know, they hear them, they see them uh, and everything. And you talk about equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry. Sometimes that's a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, especially nowadays with, with churches. And you think about um, everybody that's online. You know, so many churches are online now. Uh, so many churches have um, their own app. Uh, and there's so many people needed to do that work. Yep. So ministry isn't just teaching and reading and doing, I mean, ministry is, you know, um, programming the lights, you know, for the worship set. True. Um, ministry is, um, you know, editing uh, film to go on YouTube or to go on the website. Mm-hmm. So there's really uh, so much to it. And a lot of that is evangelistic too. Yeah. You know, when you're thinking about putting things out online, uh, putting things you know on your YouTube channel, that's all, all of that is evangelistic because you're putting stuff out there to reach the lost right? Uh, and to bring them in. But at the same time, you put a lot of that out there to teach and shepherd, you know, um, mm-hmm. the flock and the people, uh, the church that you already have. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm, they're almost like they're, they're big words that I think a lot of people shy away from. <clears throat> or they're not big words like... <laughs> phonetically but they're they're like words that are like oh a, an apostle a prophet uh, an evangelist a teacher pastor pastor is probably the most you know uh, most, most recognized most recognized yeah. and teacher as well um but i think we all have like you like you were just saying we all have different um kind of like a a main main quality yeah, that god that we operate has, from that we operate from and, and that god gives us a heart for yeah. um because we're yeah. all we're all called to the ministry, yeah. You know, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing yeah. them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So we're all you know called you know to to be one, if not a few of those uh, those things there. But we just assume, or not assume, but we just equate that to the professional. Yeah, the professional mm-hmm. does it. Yeah, that will. I mean, right there it says the, now these are the gifts 
that Christ gave to the church. Yeah. And we're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, to the leaders of the church. It says to the church, yeah. which is us, which is all of us. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say is you like your main <laughs> gifting? No, that that's funny because we talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, on, these things are fluid. Uh, yeah. As far as like what's a strength, what's a not so much a weakness, but what you operate more in. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, when I was uh, working at Walmart, and at the same time we had a ministry out of our home, you know, that involved you know our girls and their friends. So whenever I would take the testing, everybody's kind of done the spiritual testings or you know the mm-hmm. gift testings and everything, and I always scored very high in evangelism because that was my world at that time. I was working at Walmart working with, you know, a lot of people who weren't churched. And so I was very mindful and intentional about living the life of Christ. So they see it. And when the opportunity came, that I was able to speak truth uh, and to be able to help them because mm-hmm. they usually, you know, came to me, <laughs> something was, they, they knew. Yeah. Uh, and so I'd be able to share uh, truth um, yeah. at, at those times. So I scored very high in evangelism uh, in those days. Nowadays, if I were to take it, I score very high in, um, teaching and discipleship yeah. because I'm on staff at a church and I lead a lot of people and um, I teach <laughs> and yeah. I disciple. And so, you know, I would say, um, yeah, I would say that um, teaching um, would, would, would rate pretty high uh, at that point right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I'm not sure. Honestly, I was thinking about that too, because um I'm not even sure where I would land on that, um, which is a <laughs> as, as good we're having this conversation. I guess that's for anyone listening to it. It's good to to understand where you are because that's um, every everyone has a calling. Yeah, and I, again, just because you you know, okay, teaching's high for me mm-hmm. um, doesn't mean that well, I don't have to worry about you know, the apostolic or worry about the evangelist. I'll let them take care of that right. sort of yeah. thing. You know, it's not that you use, you use as, as an excuse not to do something. Cause yes. if, if you, if you are more of a bend towards teaching or pastoring and you're going through Taco Bell drive through and you know, the Holy spirit saying, I want you to pray for that person. I want you to ask them what they need prayer for. Cause that's more of an evangelistic type mm-hmm. approach because you're seeking the lost and you're, wanting to share Christ. Cause that happens to me every once in a while. That specific example happened to you. It did happen to me. <laughs> Talk about, it did. I'm like, this sounds really familiar. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But that's what kind of brought to my mind. Cause I could have said, I'll leave that to the Billy Grahams of the world. I'm not an evangelist anymore. You know, <laughs> if you come to the church, I'll teach, <laughs> I'll, I'll teach you and disciple you. <laughs> but no, I, I'm not going to meet you where you're at. <laughs> yeah. That's so not the Lord <laughs> or the gospel. So a lot of it too is being sensitive and submitted to the Holy Spirit. That's what I always say. Yeah. We're sensitive when the Holy Spirit's trying to show us something or tell us something. But then, you know, we need to submit to that and say, okay, if you want me to speak, then you're going to speak through me because mm-hmm. I don't know him, but you do and you love him. And so yeah. I'm going to talk to him. Yeah. So, and the Lord never disappoints. Yeah. You know, he was crying. I was about crying. <laughs> you know, it just, the Lord is good. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I thought that one, one cool thing that I remembered when you told me that, because that was a couple months ago, uh-huh. um, was mo- n- mostly, most of the time Taco Bell is pretty packed. Yeah. Uh, and 
the time that you there was no one behind there was me. No one behind you. And so. I even told him, I says, Hey, it, you know, it's not a coincidence that no one's behind me and you're not busy. <laughs> yeah. So I prayed for him right there. Yeah. So <laughs> it, so it cool. was just a simple, hey, how can I pray for you? Because I actually know what it was. He he uh, says he recognized me and he asked if I worked at a bar. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, nope, I'm actually on staff at a church. He's like, and he's like, ooh, way off. Sorry about that. <laughs> and I said, hey, it's, it's no that. problem. That that's that again, yeah. that's what's funny because I knew the Lord was I, I forgot all about that part of the story. Yeah. But the Lord even provided a segue, you know, mm-hmm. into that. Uh and so, you <laughs> yeah. know, I just it's funny that you say that. Um, you know, I just asked him his name and, you know, how can I pray for you? Cause he, he said something about how I should pray for, him. oh, you're going to be praying for me then. Cause I don't know, whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, well, how can I pray for you? And he just got serious. Yeah. And he was like, I just, you know, I'm kind of, I want a new job. I don't like working here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, cause I just, yeah. I just need a lot of better things in my life. Would you, would you pray for my family? And you know, he just kind of teared up a bit mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, God, you know what you're doing. <laughs> so <laughs> That's, that's awesome. Really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think it's, that's a, that's a really good point. It's not like, all right, here's, here's the five options. You have one of them, <laughs> take it and go. Yeah. I think, I mean, all of those things are good. And, yeah. and I just think one or maybe two, you know, just some are more prominent. Yeah. And God kind of leads your heart towards one way. And that's why certain people are missionaries. Certain people are yeah. teachers. They're very more, maybe more analytical. They're very like, here's the facts you know, here's, here's the teaching. Here's what the, the word of God says. And they, they're better at teaching. Some people are a lot more personal and they're more about like, they're great at listening. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just, it's just, it depends. It actually reminds me of this YouTube video. I can't remember. I'll have to, I'll have to remember where I saw this, but it was two pastors debating and they said, what's the better way to oh, lead your church? About. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It was like, it's an ongoing thing. There's a lot it, yeah. of different baits from it was, different uh, pastors. The, the white elephant in the room or elephant in the room. Elephant in the room. Yeah, so yeah. Something it, with uh, the... it was Stephen Furtick and Matt Chandler. Yes, that's exactly yep. what it was. And they're talking it about. It was interesting. It was, it was. But they're, they're, they're like debating like, well, this is evangelism is better because yep. of this. And, he, and Matt Chandler was more like teaching, teaching and discipleship is better. And, and it was just really interesting to listen to. I, we may share the link to that, but it's like for a healthy church to mature, it's all of the, all of the parts working yeah. together. It's not one or the other. Yeah. It's yeah, exactly. It's the both and yeah. But I think with, with Stephen Furtick and even said, looking back on it um, was that's how we operated right at the beginning. We were mm-hmm. a new church mm-hmm. and we were just bringing in all the lost and that's yeah. where we were at yeah. that time, mm-hmm. you know? So again, it's fluid. Mm-hmm. So new yeah. church, exploding and having, I mean, they were baptizing people like crazy, hundreds of people on the weekend getting saved and baptized. So obviously like, yes, this is the way to do church. Yeah. You know, and then he gets, you know, older and, you know, he's not to say that he matured, but, but the Lord did that work for that moment. Yeah. And then, you know, Stephen Furtick was even talking about, you know, now these people are here for five, six, seven, eight years. They need to grow in the faith. They can't just be, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, like babies just, you know, on the, on the spiritual milk. You know, yeah. we need to give them more and yeah. challenge them to live that lifestyle. And the way you challenge to live the lifestyle is teaching them the word of God. Yeah. So it was it was a very interesting uh, watch. Yeah, it, it was. was. And it wasn't like, you know, anyone won the debate. Um, so it, it was good. I liked it. it was, yep. Yeah, that's an interesting. That's an interesting uh, channel. 
Yeah. Definitely check that out. We'll have yeah. to figure out the actual name. Something about an elephant and a room. Yeah. yeah. And that adds to the different expressions of the church and the different parts of the body, you know, um, which we get into that in the in later in the passage. But um, certainly there are churches that are expressed differently at different points in time. Like some churches are more evangelistic, like you said. Yeah. Church plants are a lot more evangelistic, um, whereas a more seasoned church may be um, may be more focused on teaching and discipling. But that goes to the difficulties of pastoring a pastoring a body or, or pastoring a church who has to think about all that stuff. Think about yeah, well, how yeah. are we doing evangelism? How are we doing? Uh, discipleship how are we doing teaching and kids men and yeah and I think what's important with that too is making sure that you have a staff that's um diverse diversified yeah that you're not all the same you don't have all the same giftings you don't have all the same you know mm-hmm. uh, vision well you need the same vision <laughs> the same <laughs> direction but um just different giftings and different yeah. you know things like that because yeah. um I, I'm definitely not a dreamer or visionary, like my, my pastor, like pastor Wayne is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more of a galvanizer and a connector and says, yeah, let's go do this. You, yeah, yeah, let's do this and kind of grab the people (laughs) and do it. But yeah, yeah, that's good. You can't focus on one single thing. We're going to be all about this one thing here. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's good to have a, it's good to have a variety of people. I think, uh, Archer says that well. And then, uh, I know one, one, the, uh, a church that comes to mind that I think does that well is um, Pastor Robert Morris's church. Yeah, Gateway. Um, Gateway, because they have Texas. a bunch of different. Yeah. And a lot of churches do this uh, nowadays uh, where they have a bunch of different people that come in and speak. And uh, he's a very, he's a, he's a teacher. Oh, yeah, he's a teacher. And he's, and it's so enlightening. I've, I've been listening to every I sermon. I listen to him he's, every week. Yeah. Oh, it's so, it's so good. And I just want to like, almost want to just. <laughs> I'm like, I just need to share his stuff on our on <laughs> right? our platform. <laughs> no, his his series on the Holy Spirit was phenomenal. Yes. So good. Yeah, I've shared a few things on our on All our biblical stuff. too. Yeah. I just yeah. Like, everything from scripture. He's, he's a great teacher. Yep. He's an amazing teacher. And then he has other people come and speak often that uh have giftings in other other areas. Yeah. I think it's just really important for uh, a body to to work like that. Yeah. I actually yeah. uh I feel like I identify with a lot of those, like you said, it's fluid and there's, there's certain traits that I'm like, mm, man, I love that about teachers, how they're more patient and can like, will stick with people as they take different steps yeah. of faith and, and champion those steps. Um, and I also have a, a huge heart for evangelism. Like I have a huge heart for like seeing people um, who are on kind of the fringes of um or just out of reach of where the church is struggling to reach in mm-hmm. our specific context, Knoxville, you know? Um, and I also love often apostles are called pioneers. Yeah. Like you said, they're the ones who are like starting new things. Um, I actually had a word spoken over me, maybe three or almost probably almost four years ago. Um, um, someone was praying over me and got the picture of me like close to like a body of water and just picking up stones and just like casting them. Um, and in the picture, the stones represented like 
um, the body of Christ, people, you know. But in this specific um, picture, the stones represented the people of God. And I was just casting them out and skipping them across the water. So um, that represented me like championing people and sending them out to uh, to their callings and into their giftings, um, which is a super cool picture. And at the time I was like, well, I want to be, I want to be casted out and sent. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to stay here. I want to, I want to, that I'm throwing that person to all these cool different things. Oh, that's awesome what they're doing. Let me send them. And I'm like, where am I going? Like, <laughs> can right. I be sent? Um, but it's almost like, it's almost been four years and I'm actually like seeing that, like, um, being realized where I'm seeing like talents and gifts in people and directing them and connecting them to, um, to what I feel the Lord is calling them into. Like I, I just had a really cool experience with a friend. Um, I can go into details later, but of what I felt like the Lord was stirring up in him. And I told him about it and he's like, yo, did I tell you about what came did I tell you about what I was thinking about last weekend? And I was like, no. And it ended up being like very similar. Um, That's really cool. To something they wanted to get into. Like how long ago was that spoken over you? Four years ago. For, and so um, you talk about maturing in the faith as well. Mm-hmm. So it took a while for you to, to be able to see that or to be able to recognize this is what's happening and looking back on it. That's what happens when we mature in the faith. You know, as well, and you're even talking about the gift uh, or the, you know, the, uh, the, um, the ministry of, of prophecy. You know, mm-hmm. someone spoke that truth into your life, um, and then you know now it's coming, and you're seeing, you know, the fruit of that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting. I, I wonder how many pastors are pastors, but are actually meant to be more of uh, evangelists or, or you know missionaries or teacher. Like I feel like society's kind of made a or even like Christian culture has kind of made pastor like one of the only options. Um, and a lot of times people, you see people doing something um, maybe not in their gifting just because they, they feel like that's the only option for ministry is to be a pastor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we kind of see that in more in the more of the uh, traditional, you know, denominations. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I, um just kind of being where, you know, we have been, you know, in the last, you know, few years, whatever, I think there is awareness of these fivefold ministries Mm -hmm. and very purposeful and making sure people are are in their right gifting and are in their right uh, calling, you know, to do instead of, you know, pastor, 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 because that's the way, you know, it used to be our pastor teacher. And now it's like seeing, you know, these, uh, um, it is taking the fivefold ministry Mm -hmm. and looking at it and saying, we need to start recognizing the individuals that are operating yeah. in these things and, yeah. and kind of, you know, lean that way and encourage them, you know, yeah. in those things. Yeah. That's exa- I mean, that's exactly what that, that verse says is we need to can, um, the responsibility is to equip mm-hmm. God's people to do his work and build up the church, which is mm-hmm. the body of Christ. I, I think once that first, first part, like 11 through 13 says, once we realize and once we equip each other to realize the calling that God has in our lives and what, what our gifts are, what our 
strengths and talents are, um, where God's leading us, then verses 14 through 16 says, then we will no longer be immature like children when we grow in that kind of stuff and come to a full, um, it says at the end of that, uh, it says, when we become mature in the Lord, measuring up um, to the full and complete standard of Christ, when we mature in our in our gifts, we won't be tossed and blown about with every wind or, or new teaching. Um, and we won't be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like truth. That is just, that is our culture right yeah. now to a T through, through everything. Like so, I, I, I see it so much in, in our church, in, in like in the church as a whole, but even, even me personally, it's, it's, it's caused, I think it causes one of two things. Like when lies show up, either we just accept them and uh, are persuaded by the, by the lies or it causes, um, or maybe there's three options. One, it causes some sort of like turmoil in me. Like when I, when I hear something that doesn't quite sound right, but I don't know what the truth is. I'm like, what is, what is going on? Do I just believe it because everyone else is believing it? Or do I look into it more and try to figure out actually what God's saying? And then, and then the, the third option I would say is just people who know the truth so well, know their identity in Christ so well that they're just like, they know Mm -hmm. that's a lie instantly. Like that is, that is not from, from God. They know the voice of God so well that they are so mature in who God has called them to be that it's not, it's they people won't be influenced by those tricks and those lies well, that sound yeah. like truth. Well, there's such a discernment too yeah. <clears throat> that comes with that because um, something within our spirit doesn't sit right. Mm-hmm. I mean, right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, First Corinthians, Paul talks about how you know those who don't have the spirit of God in them don't understand the things of the spirit. Yeah, um, but yeah. those that have the spirit of God in them, you know, understand these things. And so, not just do we understand the things that, you know from the spirit and things from God, we understand that things are not from God mm-hmm. also. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I think when that, you know, cause you're kind of talking about that doesn't sit right, right. You, but why, why doesn't that sit mm-hmm. right? And so there is kind of a seeking out, uh, the truth yeah. in that. Uh, and so, yeah, so it, it's just being mindful of the things that are being kind of, you know, thrown at us because we, a lot of things can make sense. Um, doing student ministry, is probably one of the most challenging ministries that, you know, anyone can do, Yeah, you know, because um, students are so influenced by, by culture, by their own peers. Um, and with everything else that they're having to deal with, it's really hard for them to decipher mm. what's real, what's not real, mm-hmm. because that really makes sense. You know, what they're saying makes sense, but is that truth? You know, is that lining up, you know, with, with God's word and what, you know, I'm being taught. Yeah. what you know i'm being modeled so yeah well and how do you um how do you pastor people through that Corey? the word of god <laughs> just, yeah. just really because i mean you, you can really find out so much through scripture mm-hmm. just sit down with them and well what does god's word say about this you know and we can look it up and you know there's even even adult men who have been in church for a long time don't understand a lot of truths you know about mm-hmm. god i'm teaching a freedom group and, you know, we actually had to move off to the side a little bit and talk about how, you know, when we die, we don't become angels. Mm. Uh, that was just, you know, because it's so accepted and so said so much when somebody passes away, oh, heaven gained another angel. 
Yeah. And, you know, I was like, that feels, there, there's a time to correct and there's a time just to kind of, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of yeah, funny. there's a time for you everything. Know. And when I'm actually teaching a class and someone says, you know, so-and-so, but, you know, you know, I'm like, you know, that's when, okay, Holy Spirit, what are you doing here? <laughs> right. You know, and, mm-hmm. um, but it, it is, it's, man, it's just the word of God. Yeah. And it's, it's grace and truth. You know, it's, it's grace in that, you know, um, whenever Jesus taught, he did, he, he, he taught in love, but he also spoke truth. He spoke, you know, God's word or perfect example of that was the woman who was caught in adultery. You know, of course they weren't really concerned about the woman. They wanted to trap Jesus. And, you know, when Jesus said, of course, those who are without sin cast the first stone, they all left one by one, starting with the oldest to the youngest. And what we see is Jesus was like, where are your condemners? Where are they? Your accusers? Well, they're gone. He says, well, I don't condemn you. So, you know, now go and leave your life of sin. Mm -hmm. So he gave grace, Mm -hmm. but he also gave truth in that. And we can do that through the example of Christ. He did that all the time. He's so cool that way. (laughs) But, uh, you know, just kind of following that example. Um, but like when confronted with something like that, with, you know, students have a question of, and there's so many things they're becoming really bold in their questions. Oh yeah. I, you know, students aren't scared anymore yeah. about asking about gender, about homosexuality, about, um, you know, self hurt, about all of these things that are very prevalent in our culture Yeah, and they're talking about it anyway. So they're going to someone that they trust, you know, and so, well, what about this? I'm like, well, let's let's look at the Word of God. What does God's Word say? And again, it, you have to get past the don't, 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 but the why behind mm-hmm. the what. Yeah. So I, a lot of times I do. I just, with Scripture, and the thing is, dealing with students, I'm an old student pastor. <laughs> so, you know, I, I come to student ministry at, you know, at, at, like a father. Mm-hmm. Like they are my kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's from just a loving fatherly approach to it yeah Yeah. well you mentioned community and one thing we want to do we've talked about doing in this month on the podcast is highlighting those in our communities who are pouring into our communities yeah Um, and i think honestly our culture is starting to shift towards realizing the importance of community um and I think the pandemic has aided in that shift of realizing yeah. what isolation mm-hmm. brings. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's why we're seeing like more funding in parks, you know, and like um, more communal spaces. Like I think of um, there's a place in Knoxville called the Central Filling Station, which is just this big food truck park. And um, mm. there's there's cool like places like that. Um, that are almost more outdoor centric because yeah. indoor gathering is so um, is not as much of an option. And I'm actually working for, or the parent organization of the organization I'm working for is a, um, they're called the Aslan Foundation. And they pretty much just cool. grant initiatives to like restore cultural spaces and natural spaces in Knoxville. Um but I, I am seeing a lot of movement in the kingdom towards how do we, how do we, um, 
I'm getting some texts come in, so it messes with my internet. But um, how do we attend to this like community disconnect? And I was talking to a friend the other day, and I was like, man, in Acts, like community was so easy because it was like you go into a town, and it's like you just go to the central place, everybody gathers. There were so many times whenever the apostles would like speak with one person and then they'd end up like speaking with an entire family uh, right. mm-hmm. because that person of peace would lead them to like their yeah. dinner table where they were all gathering in the first place. Community. <clears throat> You're talking about uh, community. Um, <laughs> it's a, small groups is where it's at, you know, yeah. <laughs> it, but it, it really is. I mean, that's why uh, there's such an emphasis on uh, small group ministry uh, because that's where a lot of the pastoral things, uh, ministry takes place, mm-hmm. uh, within the small groups. Cause I'll give you an example of, uh, um, if we know of somebody within the body of Christ, one of our members of our church, that's going through a difficult time. The first thing that we're able to see is if they're connected into a small group and if they're connected into a small group, then we connect that small group leader mm-hmm. and say, Hey, so-and-so is going through this. Do you know about it? Oh yeah, we already know about it. And almost every time it's like, yeah, we prayed for them and we're actually, you know, taking the meals for the next, you know, two weeks. Mm -hmm. And so it's not put on the pastors and the teachers and the evangelists and, you know, the prophets and the apostles, Mm -hmm. you know, even, um, who was it? Uh, one of the apostles, you know, said, are we supposed to be serving tables? We need to be out doing the ministry. So, so we need to find people who are, you know, uh, you know, you know, filled with the Holy Spirit and gifted to be able to do that. Yeah. So, the, and so, small groups help in in that sense where um, you're building that community. It's a smaller community, but mm-hmm. you, you know, you look at Acts. It even says that they met together in each other's home at the synagogue and in the homes, and they broke bread together. Uh, yeah. and, and so, um, but with what's happening so much now in our culture, you know, even look at the way that houses were. Um, were built uh, back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and even you know, even you know beyond that. But um, they had huge front porches and front yards, and not a big backyard at all. And now you've got small front hmm. door entry, small front yard, and your backyard is huge and fenced. And there was yeah. so much more community that happened because everything was out front, and now everything's shifted, you know, to the back. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's happened and, um, and just where we are with, you know, social media and just with our, uh, um, you know, tech, you know, where we are now, um, you know, we've, we're not connected even though we're connected. Does that make sense? Yeah. But that's why we're so again, purposeful and intentional about, you know, small groups, especially at destiny worship center. We've mm-hmm. really grown that ministry. I mean, we had over 80 groups available. Um, just at our church alone in the Panama City Beach campus, because we know the importance of community and, yeah. and connecting, uh, you know, through that. And with that, you know, our whole thing is connect, grow, and serve. You yeah. connect with people, you connect to the Spirit, and then you grow. You grow in community, you grow in your faith. And then the other part of that is serving, you know, because it's not just me, 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 but it's also looking outward and serving uh, mm-hmm. in the community. We've just this last week, uh, we delivered, you know, goodies in a, in a, uh, a note of appreciation to every teacher mm. in Panama City Beach. So six schools, over 600 teachers and faculty received a goodie bag, you know, from 
<clears throat> our outreach uh, that we do. Mm. A couple of our young adults went to another young man's house who has cerebral palsy mm. and was able to put a, a pathway in his backyard so he could mm. go in and out of his house just to go in his backyard and go outside. Um, there were so many other things uh, happening uh, also, you know, with yeah. our outreaches because yeah. it's taking the focus off of me and putting it on we. Um, and again, we, we grow in community. We were stretched, uh, you know, when people, you know, challenge us yeah. and we're there to minister to one another. Yeah. So, so I can much. tell, I can tell, I can tell your heart for mm-hmm. community and yeah. I can tell that you're a, well, a small groups coordinator, yeah, I am a small groups <laughs> coordinator. but honestly, Melissa and I, um, we have such, we, we love, uh, just hosting people. We have that gift of yep. hospitality. Yeah. Um, Brooks, you got to see that with you and the other Johnson bros. We loved having yeah. you guys over, you know, mm-hmm. all the time. We love having people in our home. We mm-hmm. love community and, yeah. and connecting. And, uh, and even, you know, it's not just who can I benefit from, you know, being with me at my yeah. house. Right. I mean, I have people that I intentionally, you know, go to, uh, so I can grow, but then I need to be helping other people grow mm-hmm. uh, and helping, you know, other people, uh, in their relationships and, and pushing them and stretching them as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I think that's, I mean, if anything, that's like the, one of the most prominent things in my life right now is like community is so important. And like Brooke said, without it, uh, when we didn't have it very, um, when it wasn't healthy, yeah. I guess you could say, and it wasn't prominent in my life, I, I, don't think I realized that's what it was, but then when I when I started to to allow a community to be a bigger part of my life again, I felt more healthy. Yeah, I just felt it. And Taylor and I were talking about this that this morning. She's she's in a small group um, at our at our church, meeting with uh, several um, ladies from our church, going through a book that Miss uh, Danae Haas wrote. Um, I'd love to have her on, on the podcast talking about her talking about her book. Do it. Um, but the difference that I see in Taylor, because she has other people who are like-minded, who are wanting to grow and are there with a purpose to hear from God and to, and to grow. It has been so um, good. So yeah. diff like, life-giving life-giving like it, you, i can see i can literally see a difference in the way that she operates mm-hmm. from day to day yeah and it's so refreshing i love like it's also awesome because in those on, on monday nights when she goes i get to have some time with ella and i put her to bed and it's actually like it's just so awesome a, a cool a cool moment that i get to have with ella alone which mm-hmm. i don't really get that often because she likes when when mama puts her to bed <laughs> um but in those moments when I'm I'm sitting on the couch or I'm 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 working or doing whatever and she comes home and I can just see life in her eyes. Yeah. Like it's it's so rewarding for me because she walks in with a smile on her face and she's just like, let me tell you everything that happened today. Let me <laughs> yeah. show you, let me share what God showed me, what God was showing through was was speaking through the other ladies there. And it's just so I don't know, it's so refreshing and it makes me it's just, I guess it's just a highlight in my life right now that it's that community is so important. And I'm so glad that Taylor's doing that. I'm yeah. so glad that, um, that I have a great community too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just so, it's so important. And if you're not a part of a community like that, yeah. 
you need to find one. And you want to know, um, th- there's a sad thing, like a flip side to that. Um, when things are going really well for people in the group, um, they, I mean, they're there. But we're, I've seen this happen so many times when they're having a bad day or something else is kind of happening in their week. Mm-hmm. They isolate themselves and they don't come to group. Because yeah. I'll, I'll have people call me and go, you know, I'm just having a bad week. I'm, I'm not going to be able to make it tonight. I'm like that. And I honestly, I know who I can get away with this and who I cannot. It says, bro, that's stupid. <laughs> yeah. That is the absolute last thing that you need to do. Right. You need to be with us. You need yeah. to be with us, bros. And we can pray for you and, and, and speak life over you. Right. Because what's happening to you right now is sucking the life out of you. And you need to be here. And yeah. if you're not here, I've got your address and we'll come to you, you know, <laughs> yeah. and they, they yeah. end up coming. And at the end of the day, they're like, Oh, thank you so much for making me come. Yeah. Melissa and I, we can, we, we see that happen in our own relationship. If we're having a bad day, we wouldn't want to go to group. Yeah. Uh, which is the very opposite thing that the Lord wants, you know, uh, to happen. Yep. So, yep. Yep. I think, uh, that's what small groups do. People, I mean, small groups as a that's just a title for it. the for the people who care about you the most in those groups that know your struggles, that know your heart. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that can speak to the lies yeah. that that the enemy attaches to different circumstances that life brings. Because yeah. like with anything that good that happens or bad that happens, like God has the right perspective, and the enemy is always going to attach a different aspect, uh, perspective to it, and yeah. you have to filter that out. Yeah. And a lot of times we. Like so many thing, things happen each day and there's always going to be that, that other worldly perspective attached to it. And oftentimes we're not filtering all of those out and we let things in. And that's why community is so important to say like, Hey, you, you've allowed this into your life that shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's a lie that you're believing. Like, of course, of course, fill in the blank. Of course you're, yeah. you're valued. Yeah. Like of oh, course, yeah. of course you're valuable. That's like, yeah, they're just able to point those out. Mm-hmm. That's 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 uh, definitely one of the main reasons community is so important. I think that's a key to maturing in your faith as well, is knowing when you need someone. Yeah, and, and, and talk about you know how do I measure maturity is being able to take correction also. You know yeah. when you're in a group. Yeah, that's and, yeah, and, and so. Um, the Lord disciplines those he loves and oftentimes he will speak through leaders and, and people in your life uh, mm-hmm. to give them, you know, that voice. So that's why community is important. I yep. mean, you know, it helps us to mature. So, yeah. Um, here's a quick, uh, quote I read from a, an article today. Um, I it's probably a pastor. His name's Dan, Dan Folden, but he said, our effectiveness in doing ministry depends on a few very important factors like being faithful, being available and being teachable, like what you just said. Yeah. But the glue that binds the fa- these factors together is commitment, is staying committed to those things. Yeah. Um, like we talked about earlier, it's not uh, it's not a destination. It's not something that just happens once and then you know you go to one small group <laughs> and you're you're good. Um, it's, it's it's a commitment to that lifestyle. Yeah. And uh, I I just thought that was uh, awesome reading that. We just looked over that verse and just talked about it. Um, and we went a lot of different places with a maturity and, and, um, I think honestly, we, we, we came to what was most, uh, prevalent in each of our lives, like what, what it means to have community and, and, uh, what it means to, to grow and what God called us to do. Um, but I think 
if we were to, to sum it, sum it up and take some practical, um, things from this, I think this is what it would be. Number one would be to identify what God has called you to, like, what is your, what is your gifting? What has God made you for? Um, specifically related to those, um, five things in, um, in Ephesians four, verse 11, uh, find out where, where God's leading you. What, what are you leaning towards? Uh, would be the first step to identify that. Number two, I think, would be to connect to a body that will help you grow. Um, get connected to a church if you're not already, or mm-hmm. get to, get connected to something. You may be already connected to a church, but you don't you don't feel like you're growing. So connect to a small group. Connect to a, basically a, a group of people that are like minded that want to grow in Christ with you. That is, I think, so uh, essential in anybody's growth Mm -hmm. and um it can be very easily overlooked so that's that's number two and then number three um takeaway would just to be to walk it out on a day-to-day basis in love walk out what your your calling is on a day-to-day basis and do that in love and understand um that maturity is a process and then it's going to take walking it out from day to day. It's going to take, um, it's going to take walking it out from day to day with other people. So, um, so yeah, those are some of the three takeaways that we had. Um, Corey, did you have anything that you wanted to yeah, I, I think end even, off with? I think even before you come to walk it out in love, um, have a plan. Uh, just, it's okay to schedule time, you know, with the Lord. It, it's okay to, to, you know, schedule those things. Um, so put a plan in place. Like if there is a certain area where you want to grow, then study that area. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I'd say just set goals, set realistic goals on what you can do. So you said connect to a body that will help you grow. Let them know this is where I want to grow. This is how I want to grow. I want to grow in, in this area, set some goals, and then have someone help keep you accountable to that. And you can, I mean, you can keep yourself accountable as well, but we are made to do life together. Yeah. And God created us to depend on one another because, uh, you know, we have what other people need and then other people have what we need. Yeah. And God's designed it that way. So set goals, put a plan in place, and then walk it out in love. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you can't walk out what you don't know. <laughs> but yeah, set, 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 a, set a plan in place. Definitely tell other people um, and walk it out in love. That's that's good. Hey, we hope you enjoyed listening to another conversation we had with Pastor Corey Truby. Don't forget you can stay up to date with all that we're doing through our Instagram and Facebook. Also, an easy way to support what we're doing here at Freshly Squeezed is to leave us a rating and review on whatever podcast platform you listen to. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next week. And as always, stay fresh.